The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or at lifehousechurch.org. Construction, like in life, tells us that the cover-up is always worse than the crime, right? Whatever the mess is, whatever the problem is, always gets worse when you just try to cover it up. So this week we're going, we're using the show Fixer Upper with Chip and Joanna Gaines as a illustration about life, right? And what we love about shows like this, um, we've been seeing these kind of shows for decades, but what's so great about this show, right, is they, they show up at a place that's a mess, and there's always a hidden mess, a cover-up, and then they, they do this incredible work and there's this reveal. And what we love about Fixer Upper is the reveal, right? At the end, when you get to see how they took a mess and they turned it around, turned it into something incredible, something beautiful. Now, now let me ask you, uh, what do you need in your life? Do you just need minor renovations? Just somebody to come in and change a few fixtures, patch a, a few holes? Or do you need a complete demolition, a complete... Um, transformation of your life. Now, most of us, we're content with just minor, a minor patch or paint. And uh, I, I know in my life, I have discovered something, because I'm like a typical guy, if I can get this out, that uh, I have a belief that duct tape can fix just about everything, right? You just stick that on there, and bam, holes gone. Right, but what if it's not just a duct tape? Whoa. What if it's more like that, right? And now you start trying to duct tape over that kind of a hole and you're still left with a mess. And the cover up becomes worse than the mess. I know this is gonna sound blasphemous, especially to you guys. But duct tape doesn't fix every problem. Duct tape can't fix every problem. Now, hey, before you just shut me off and turn me off, please stick with me. I'm, I'm not trying to bash duct tape. I just know that in life, like in construction and in demolition, duct tape can't fix every problem. Sometimes there are problems that are hidden under the surface that no one else can see. And when you start doing some demo work and you start pulling it back, you start to see the mess and the cover up underneath. But you and I, we prefer the cover up. We prefer a little patch and a little paint. We prefer just a little minor repair. What happens is, when you patch and you paint, you get a buildup that needs an even greater repair work, right? Maybe, maybe you've done some patch and paint on your marriage. Maybe you've done some patch and paint on your soul or in your mind. Maybe what you've covered up is a, a life-controlling habit, an addiction, a, uh, a, a life-controlling behavior that no one else sees but it's right there under the surface. And if you could, how could you clean that up? 
we never get a chance to really hear or see the, the backstory of how the homes in Fixer Upper got where they were. We rarely get those stories, but in the life of David, we get the backstory. We know how he got so messed up and how he caused such problems in the home of his nation. In, in David's life, we, we come to this moment, it's late in David's life, he's seen incredible victories in battle. He's ruling as king, he's wealthy. And yet we get a little backstory into an incredible, not just mess, but devastation that he causes in his nation. And that story is captured and told in the Bible in a book of history. It gives a historical account of the life of David. And this is important because David is set up by God to rule the nation of Israel, God's chosen people in the Old Testament. And so I'm going to show you kind of how they got into such a devastated state. First Chronicles chapter 21. Satan rose up against Israel and incited David to take a census of Israel. So there's this evil intelligence pushing David to do the wrong thing. So David said to Joab and the commanders of the troops, go and count the Israelites from Beersheba to Dan. Then report back to me so that I may know how many there are. That might not seem like a big deal to you. We just went through a census as a nation. Every 10 years, we take a census. Specifically in the nation of Israel, God told the kings to never count all of the people, especially all of the men that they were allowed to count how many soldiers they had, but they could not count the young men 20 years or younger. Why? Because counting the young men was not just about strategy in battle, but about future confidence, about pride in the future army of the nation. It, it, it would mean that David was trusting himself and his ability to wage war and set his son up for victory rather than trusting God. And so this was a grievous sin that Satan motivated David to commit. And so they counted all the people. Let's jump a little further into the story. This command was also evil in the sight of God. So he punished Israel. So this incredible, it was like a cover-up. Imagine like a, a, a home that's rat or pest infested. It's got black mold behind the scenes. And when you open it up, you see this horrible view. And every once in a while in Fixer Upper, they would open a wall or they would come into a home and there would be this gasp. And you would gasp because you see the, the horror of what's behind the doors, what's under the surface and what God says to David is what's under the surface is horrible. And in fact, a prophet named Gad comes to David and says, what you've done is evil and you're gonna be punished and the whole nation is gonna suffer with you. Then David said to God, I have sinned greatly by doing this. God sent Gad to open the wall and expose what was wrong with it. God sent Gad to break it open. Now I wanna want show you this just a little bit, right? He, he, he sent Gad to put not just a nice little knock, but to actually open up the wall and behind it, you could see the problem. You could see the mess. 
And when David sees what's exposed, it feels irredeemable. It feels like there's no hope. There's no chance. In fact, as you continue to read, David says, I have sinned greatly by doing this. Now I beg you, take away the guilt of your servant. I have done a very foolish thing. And then if you continue reading, David's forced to make a choice about what kind of punishment the nation's going to experience. Will it be famine for years? Will it be a loss in war? Or will it be a plague that breaks out? David says, I am in deep distress. Let me fall into the hands of the Lord, for his mercy is very great. But do not let me fall into human hands. David is broken and distressed, and so he's crying out to God. God, help. I've made a mess of my life. You came in the door, and you see the devastation. You see the destruction that I've caused. And at this point, a plague breaks out over the whole nation of Israel. 70,000 men are killed by the plague. And this, just isn't, this isn't just COVID-19. This is a, an angel sent to kill. And as the angel is killing, it gets to the city of Jerusalem, David's home city, where he wants to see the temple built for God. And the angel pauses its killing. 70,000 Israelites dead because of David's wrong, sinful decision. And David sees the angel of God pause at the threshing floor of Arona. And so David runs to Arona and he says, quick, I need to buy this property because I want to offer sacrifices to God. Arona goes, hey, you can have whatever you want. You can have the property. You can have my cattle, whatever you want to offer to God, take it. And David says, I love this part. It's so, it's so uh, insightful. But King David replied to Arona, no, I insist on paying the full price. I will not take for the Lord what is yours or sacrifice a burnt offering that cost me nothing. So David paid Arona 600 shekels of gold for the site. David built an altar to the Lord there and sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. He called on the Lord and the Lord answered him with fire from heaven on the altar of burnt offering. And there's this powerful moment where David realizes there is a cost. There is a price to the cover-up. The devastation and the ruin has caused damage and destruction, and there's a price to be paid. And he said, I will not give to God that which cost me nothing. Um, you know, Chip Gaines, he's uh, he, the, the couple, Chip and Joanna Gaines, uh, you know, they're the couple that have this show, and Chip's favorite day is demo day. He's the demo guy. And I can tell you, God's favorite day is demo day in your life. He's a demo God. He steps in and he does demo on our lives. Now we're scared of demo. We just want everything new, but you don't get new without the demolition, right? It's impossible to get the new without the demolition. Why? Because in our life, just like in a home, you got to take out the mess. You got to demo what's wrong in order to put in what's right. And so God has to step in and demo what's wrong. Well, how does he do that? Well, first you got to identify what's wrong. In us, that's sin. Just like in David, he had rejected God, disobeyed God, done what he wanted, and that brought destruction. That brought devastation. That brought ruin. But God stepped in. 
Just like, you know, in the show, when Chip shows up, you know demo's about to happen. You don't just need a fix, and you don't need a quick fix. You don't need a duct tape size repair. You don't need a new home, a new marriage. You need a person in Jesus, right? When Chip shows up, you know demo's happening. When God shows up, demos about to begin. When Jesus stepped in, he took on our demolition. He, he took on our mess. He took on our devastation, and he stepped in. He took the destruction on himself. He died in our place. He paid the penalty for our sin, our shame, and our guilt. He died on the cross, absorbing our eternal punishment once and for all, so that anyone who believes in Jesus by faith is forgiven and given new life. How? Because Jesus, now he died, he rose from the dead, and in his resurrection, he purchases a complete restoration in our life. The key is this. God's restoration makes you better than before, right? Isn't that the whole point of the show, Fixer Upper, is if they take a home that's messed up or broken or, or just not, it's just ugly or insect infested, and they make it better than before. What God wants to do in your life is he wants to bring a demo day, right? Demo day is redemption day. And when you believe in Jesus by faith, what you're doing is you're embracing your demo day. Let, let me show you, right? So what, what you do is you kind of have to embrace this, right? You got to embrace the ripping moment, the tearing apart, what God wants to do in your life is invite you to embrace demo day. Allow God to reach in and tear out the sin, the mess, the ruin, the devastation that has been covered up and patched over and painted over in your heart, in your marriage, in your mind, in your emotions, in your finances, and allow him to step in and begin a demo through your faith in Jesus Christ. If you're making that commitment to embrace Demo Day, would you say yes to Jesus by faith? Allow him to forgive you, remove the shame, the sin, and the guilt, and give you new life. If you're making that commitment, if you're, if you're willing to receive that, tr that transformation, that restoration that makes you better than before, simply say yes to Jesus. And if you're, if you're making that commitment, would you let us know? Text the name Jesus to 81411, and we want to follow up with you and encourage you as you begin this new journey. Some of you, uh, you're joining us, you can just type Jesus into the comment section, and someone will immediately follow up with you. We want to encourage you to connect with us because we want to welcome you home. Because within LifeHouse, we want you to know God and find family. And, and as you let us know, we want to welcome you home as you find family within the community of faith in God. Here's what I know. You, what you need most is not, you know, is not just a counselor. It's not just a psychiatrist. It's not just a doctor. What you need is the person of Jesus. And I want to challenge you with this. Just like in the show, the goal is not to, re is not to recover 
what was previously lost. Restoration is not recovery. It's not getting you back to a previous state of where things were. Isn't that what most of us want? We, we just want God to fix things, to, to get us back to the way our marriage was before, or to get us back to the way we used to think, or the way we, we, we used to have fun before. I just want to go back to an easier time, or a quieter time, or a pre-pandemic time. That's recovery, regaining what was lost. But God's goal is not recovery, but restoration. He wants to bring you somewhere better than before. And that is only possible through faith in Jesus Christ and allowing God to give you a demo day. So you have to embrace your demo day. Let me jump back into this story to see how uh, David embraced that and how things changed in his life and for the nation. So here we go. Let me, let me just jump in. Uh, the, you, just a few verses later, you get this part where this is First Chronicles chapter 22. Then David said, the house of the Lord God is to be here and also the altar of burnt offering for Israel. What? Okay, so let me put it in context. David sins greatly against God. A plague breaks out. 70,000 people die. David runs to the place where the angel is causing people's death. And he offers, he buys the property. He offers sacrifice to God. The plague stops. And David says, in that place where the plague stopped, this is where I want to build the temple for God. Now, God was not going to allow David to build the temple. His son was going to build a temple. But David said, this is where the temple should be. On this place of shame, on this place of sin, on this place of pain and brokenness where I've been exposed, God wants me to put his temple. Here's the key. Restoration means transformation. Restoration means transformation. The story, uh, you know, every one of these show, every one of these episodes with Chip and Joanna Gaines, you know, it's a story of transformation where they go in and they restore and then the home is transformed into something better than before, right? And, and so we get to follow the stories of the family of this couple and the new design, right? And the key is this, whatever they're tearing apart, they're going to transform. Listen to me. Whatever God reveals, he desires to restore. And whatever he exposes, his goal is to transform. And so God wants to demo some things in our life. He wants to tear some things out. He wants to open some things up. How? Sometimes you don't have a choice. Your dirty laundry gets paraded in public. Your shame gets <laughs> exposed. But I promise you, for those of you that believe in Jesus, even when your shame is publicly exposed, God is allowing it. He's revealing it to restore it. He's exposing it to transform it. Others of you, you've been doing a really good job keeping it covered up, but the pests are getting out of control. The mess underneath is starting to accumulate. And so God has to open it up and expose it to transform it. So would you embrace God opening your life and exposing what is wrong, what is a mess? 
Because I promise you, he only exposes what he plans to transform and he only reveals what he plans to restore. So you have to be willing to embrace him opening and exposing what is wrong. Well, how do you do that? You repent and you confess. God, here's what I've done. Sometimes God will begin to tap your heart. He'll begin to put it in your spirit. This is not right. And God wants you to tell somebody. God wants you to begin to make it right. And uh, there's these moments in the show where while they're demoing, uh, Joanna will roll out some uh, drawings and and begin to show the, the couple or the family what their home is going to look like. It's a little glimpse into the future transformation. And every once in a while in your life, God will give you glimpse of what he's doing and what he's about to do. And those glimpses allow us to better embrace the exposing and the revealing of what is wrong. God wants to give you a glimpse into what your life is, what he's doing, and what he's about to do. Here's what God is doing. He's making all things new. When you see your life, you think it's not possible. Just like when we watch the show and we go, there's no way you could take that home and make anything good out of it. You are that home. You're the fixer-upper. I, I mean, immediately I think about Frozen, that soundtrack that was always playing when our girls were little, right? Um, he's just a fixer-upper. Look, you and I are the fixer-uppers. And God is taking old things and making them new. He's giving you a brand new heart, a brand new mind, a brand new way of living. He could take a broken, messed up marriage. He can restore it and make it new. God is in the business of taking the old and the ugly and the broken and the devastated and making it new. So you embrace the demo day. You open your life and allow God to to expose and reveal what is wrong. And then you allow God to make it new. Now, when when you do that, you kind of become like David, where you, you begin to say, wait, God can take this mess and turn it into a story of his glory and his goodness. Check this out. So David chooses that very spot, to be the place where he, he, he was going to have the temple built. Now, his son was going to build a temple, and so he made preparations for the temple, and then David wrote a song that would be sung at the dedication of the temple long after David was dead. That song is found in Psalm chapter 30 in the Bible, and it's a song of celebration. David is writing from his own pain, and yet he's pointing us to sing praise. He says, sing, sing the praises of the Lord. That, that's literally the whole point of his song. And he goes like this, for his anger, God's anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. David said, you turn my wailing, my weeping into dancing. You remove my sackcloth. And sackcloth was what they would wear when they were grieving and they were broken and they were in repentance. He goes, you remove my sackcloth and you clothe me with joy that my heart may sing your praises and not be silent. Lord, my God, I will praise you forever. Here's the key. The place of greatest pain becomes the place of greatest celebration. Did you catch that? 
The place of your your pain becomes a place of celebration. For David, the place of devastation became a place of restoration. The place of confession became a place of transformation. And the place of pain became a place of celebration. Why? Because God can take your greatest pain, your greatest regret, your greatest shame, and he can transform it and restore it always better than before. So that now it becomes a story of God's goodness and his glory. God wants that place to become a showcase of his goodness. So that there is this reveal of how good God is. And suddenly you begin to have a celebration story of God's glory. How he took your mess and turned it into an opportunity and a message. You and I want to cover it up. God wants to expose it, transform it, and then showcase it. Would you be willing to embrace the showcase of God's glory as he transforms your lives? Listen, your celebration is not a party. It's It's not a barbecue. Your celebration is not a position. It's not a promotion. It's not a paycheck. It's not a new home or a place. Your celebration is the person of Jesus who when he comes in your life, he transforms your life. He makes all things new and then he sets you up for a celebration. Your celebration is not based on the circumstances around you, but God's restoration at work in you. And the full restoration is paid for, right? Imagine somebody who has Chip and Joanna Gaines show up at their house. They know in that moment, their their whole life, their home is gonna experience a major fixer-upper transformation and it's paid for. Your transformation is paid for in full. And that is a reason for celebration. How can I say that? Because Jesus' work on the cross was a finished work. The victory of his resurrection paid in full your restoration. You have everything you need. Jesus paid for the complete demo and the complete rebuild of your life. Your marriage is paid for in full. The the restoration of your children, your relationship with your children paid for in full. Your life, your mind, your emotions paid for in full through Jesus' death and his resurrection. That is reason to celebrate. And so what God does is he takes your worst and turns it into worship. He takes your pain and he turns it into praise, right? He can take your your shame and turn it into a song. That's what he did for David. And that's what he wants to do for you. And so I want to invite you, would you respond right now? Not just believing in Jesus, not just receiving Jesus, but allowing Jesus to take the strength of his love and begin to demo your heart. And then allow him to work in that place of greatest pain to bring you celebration. Would you be open to the work of Jesus in your life? Would you be that fixer-upper? Let me take a moment. Let me pray over you. And as I pray, would you open your heart to let God speak? Jesus, thank you for your love. Thank you that you took our mess and you turned it into a message. Jesus, thank you that you bore our sin and our shame on the cross. And now you turn it into a story worth celebrating. God, thank you that you take our pain and you pay for it. And then you turn it into praise. 
God, for every person that's receiving this right now, God, I pray that their heart would be wide open. Would you reveal to them the things that you want to restore? And would you expose the things in their life that you want to transform? Would they meet you right now in that private place, in that very personal place where you can meet them and shower them with love and do a demo on their heart so that, God, you can do a new work and make all things new in their life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.